Good afternoon, guys, and thanks for tuning in to IED Sports Media. I'll be your host today. I'm Bob. We're here today with Steve. He's live on the line. Steve, say hi. You're always the host, Bob. When, when, is, it, when is that ever going to change? Hey. <laughs> One of you guys steps up. Uh, we're also here with, <laughs> with Mark. Mark. Hey, hey. How are you? And today we're talking about NFL uh, top 50 veterans. We're continuing. This is the second to last of our series. We're going over uh, veterans ranked 20th through 11 today. So thanks for joining us. Let's jump right into it, guys. Number 20. Joe Mixon finished his sophomore year uh, with 14 games, 1,168 yards, and eight touchdowns. He was targeted 55 times with 43 catches for 296 and a touch. Steve, I'll let you start this one out. Joe Mixon. I I mean, I have not much to say. He is a good running back. He His rookie season was a little iffy because of injuries, but this past year he got injured a couple of times, but he mostly played through it. It was nothing serious. And, you know, in the 14 games that he played, he showed that he could be a good workhorse back. Absolutely. And what I like about him, 17 rushes and three catches a game on average, that's 20 touches. I want all kinds of that on my team. That is exactly what I'm looking for when I'm getting a running back. But we do have to pump the brakes because we found out today. Offensive tackle Jonah Williams, first round draft pick, out for the season. Now, um, this O-line was, was kind of sketchy. They they rebuilt it last season. They lost a lot of those guys and were planning on rebuilding it again. Williams is going to be a cornerstone of that, and he is out for the season now. So, I do want to want to hesitate a little bit there. Um, he had 105 total yards a game and .64 touchdowns. So, he could easily be in that 17 Hundred all-purpose yards, if he volume-wise. But for me, the question is going to be: Will this offensive line stand up? Mark, what do you think about number twenty on our list, Joe Mixon? I think that he is one of the few true three-down workhorse backs in the league. He proved last year just how good he can be, and that was again without uh, rookie first-rounder uh, Jonah Williams. I think that even with Williams going down, while it's not a great thing. I think overall the offense is going to be better with a healthy, hopefully healthy AJ Green coming back. I think it only proves to be even better things will come for Joe Mixon this year. Could be for sure, and we will see soon. Um, I think the the risk to me is built in with that pick, and that's why he's at twenty. If the risk wasn't there, if this offensive line was better, I could see him being a top five. He definitely has that upside for me, and so I'm going to keep an eye on for years to come. Next year, top five. That, that's definitely within the realm of outcomes but I'm going to be a little hesitant starting this year out now. Let's jump right into number 19, Minnesota Viking, Dalvin Cook. Now, I think it's fair to say Dalvin Cook could promise us 16 games. If he could do that, if he could say, yes, I will be healthy 16 games, um, he would be much higher, but that's not the case. Over his career, he's had uh, 13.8 carries and 3.4 receptions per game. That's 17.2 touches, short of the 20 for uh, Mixon that I really like to see. But it's up there. He only has six career touchdowns in 15 games, which is not really those bell cow numbers I'm really looking for. It's under half the games he scored. Um, Steve, I'm going to toss it over to you. Dalvin Cook definitely has some nice upside. Can he stay healthy? Is he worth the risk? He is. And yes, full disclosure, I'm a Dalvin Cook truther. 
I, I, I believe very much in Dalvin Cook. And the thing is, is he had an unfortunate injury his rookie season. Before that, before that injury, he was such a good running back. He, he, was, he was getting those 20 touches a game. And then when he came back, you know, he, he, got a ham, he had a hamstring injury. And, you know, the thing is, is I, and I said it at the beginning of the season, they should have waited for Do- to play Dalvin Cook. Because you had, because you run the risk that you would, um, that well, you could. Hindsight get an injury like is hands. always going to be yep. twenty twenty. Yeah, there, yeah. hindsight but is always going to going to give you the answers. Now, um, I did stat him out. Back, I, I just oh, got to say go, this. Go for it. I got to say this. When he came back, you know, and the and the offense was still trying to find its groove and stuff like that. He was still the more consistent back over Latavius Murray or any of the other backs that were there. Well, he was consistent, and he was, and when he and he wanted to be explosive, and he had those explosive plays. He is by and far their best back on this. Now, throughout his career, he came out real strong. His his rookie right out the gate, he came out strong. I statted him out mm-hmm. career averages over sixteen games, and I don't think it's what you think it is. It's two hundred twenty four carries for one thousand one hundred two yards. 54 receptions for 420 and uh, like six and a half touchdowns. That puts him at 218.2 fantasy points if he played a whole 16 games. That's RB13 behind Phil Blinsey and Kenny and Drake. So I do want to pump the brakes when we talk about him being, you know, that much higher. 19 is right where I, I like him. I don't think his upside is, is crazy. I think we know what he is. Um, and I guess we're going to have to go to Mark to settle this one. See, yeah, I have to disagree. I'm I'm on the side with uh with Steve on this one. See, when I take a look at Dalvin Cook overall, he really is again that prototypical uh, running back that wants to be in the game. He has the talent set to be able to do it. He has the talent set to be that three down back. One of the reasons why he doesn't stat out for that entire stretch of time is you look at a rookie running back that they weren't willing to give a workload to, and you're looking at a running back coming off of injuries who you don't want to give that kind of workload to. If he can put in a healthy, full offseason and really be able to solidify that role in what they're hoping to be a balanced offense, I think that the sky's the limit for Dalvin Cook, and he easily has top five potential. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. um, I don't know about (laughs) that. He is ranked 19 on our list for sure. Now, talk about someone with top five potential, and the only reason he's not top five on our list. now. I talk about it all the time. Three things matter when you're drafting fantasy football players. First one is opportunity, and that's the biggest. Second is player skill. Like a far second is player skill. Third is how good the team is. Really great players and a good opportunity can still outplay a bad team, but that doesn't seem the case for number 18, David Johnson now. David Johnson has been team dependent. Um, They have a new quarterback in Arizona, the new sheriffs in town. Maybe this is the season he gets right. Steve, it seemed like you had quite a bit to say on David Johnson. I know, Mark, you have something to add. So I'm going to take a step back. Steve, Mark, go at it. Uh, I had, I think I had David Johnson the lowest at 25. And, you know, I'm, this is somebody that I'm really pumping the brakes on because he's had three offensive coordinators over the last two years, and he's also suffered some big injuries. And, you know, the thing is, 
is he, you know, we talked about Joe Mixon in bad offensive line play. The Cardinals have had horrible offensive line play. Cardinals have had horrible everything. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, obviously things could change with Cliff Kingsbury. I, I honestly don't know how favorable he is um, to throwing to running backs. Um, I don't really know his style with air raid offense, but I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I, I, I've always been, you know, I've always believed that David Johnson could be a thousand thousand rushing receiving back. Everybody, everybody thinks that he could do that, but the problem, the problem is, is we don't know how how Cliff Kingsbury's offense is going to function in the NFL. Absolutely, so I, I am so, going to pump the brakes for right now. We're pumping the brakes on David Johnson. Mark, do you see a DJ two K in in your near future? I definitely see the possibility of it. Uh, I'm not as uh, down on Cliff K- uh, Kingsbury as you seem to be. The air raid, especially the air raid that he particularly does, they can't be he, worse. He's well, also true. <laughs> they can't be worse than what he got last season. I mean, that would be like a statistical and, and he had a handful, anomaly. He had a handful of serviceable games last season as well. Uh, everyone kind of sleeps on that. He was really the shining turd uh, in the giant pile of them. Uh, clearly, the nicest one that there was. However. Like I said, the Cliff Kingsbury's version of the Air Raid does actually utilize a number of uh, running backs. They're not afraid to pass to a running back, especially one that has the ability that is David Johnson. There's a reason why he was the number one running back two years ago. There's a, or three years ago. Three years I, ago. And I wouldn't be surprised one bit if he had more receiving yards than he has rushing yards in 2019. Uh, <laughs> would that be too hot of a take for you? I think that there's a good chance that uh, that it'll balance out quite a little bit. The nice thing about it is you're looking at a offense that's going to be significantly better. You're looking at the best player on that significantly better offense. So there's really no downside in my opinion. The hard part is going to be where his draft capital is, but I think that he will have that bounce back season. I'm not worried at all about injury. The injuries that he's had have been fluke injuries. Your hand. Not it's one, not, yeah. yeah it, I'm, it's not like he's blowing out soft tissue injuries left exactly, and right every other exactly. season. It could be much worse. It could be much worse. Now, um, when we talk about someone who's going to have 2,000 yards in the air, uh, number 17 will not. That is a ground-style running back in Nick Chubb. We have him ranked 17th. Already got the hard knocks boost last season. You're going to have to take him at uh, 17 is where we have him ranked. Now, we only have a really a 10-game sample size. Only has eight receptions, so you know that is not his job. They do have... Uh, Duke Johnson. Dukey Johnson, the Duke. Um, and mm-hmm. coming back at some point, who knows, possibly Kareem Hunt. So he, he will not be involved in the passing game. So he does have that limit on him. Um, since week seven, he's averaged 17.6 rushes a game for 82.3 yards and six touchdowns over 10. Over a season, that could be 282 for 1,300 and 10 touchdowns, which would be like the 220 points. That's some upside. I see him as a uh, 2018 Kenyon Drake or uh, like Adrian Peterson Max, which would be like running back 18 or 19, but for consistency's sake, I have him as my running back 10. He just has less question marks than everyone else in this group. He will get the ball. He mm-hmm. will be the lone ground guy. 
and he's got a place. Am I nuts to take him there? I think he should be going higher. My personal opinion. Mark? See, I, I like Nick Chubb. Uh, I like him, especially early on in the season. He's one of those targets for me that if he's on my team, I would not be surprised if I end up looking to try to trade him off in week six, seven, somewhere in that range. Absolutely. Uh, right before that, uh, the dawning of Kareem Hunt, if you will. Uh, which, again, we have no idea if Kareem Hunt's really even going to have that much of a role. And he's not going to get I the don't keys. Think he he's not going to get the keys to the offense. If anything, you should really pump the brakes on your dookie, and I don't think you're going to have much dookie on your team anyway. Well, if it's your drafting uh, style, you'll have tons of dookie. It is what it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, inter- interesting. I-, I just pulled this up. Anybody, anybody want to know the, the most cat in college? Anybody want to know the most catches Nick Chubb had in the season? Take a guess. <laughs> oh, God, it's going to be so low. Uh, the most he's had in a season? I'm going to say season. it's really low, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of those guys who, like, you know, J.H.I., he, he can catch, he just does it in the pros. Um, but I have to guess three. I'll go 12. 18. His, his freshman season, he had 18 catches. Now, after that, he had four, five, and four. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that I, I, I'm just saying the potential is there. I'm not saying that he that it's permanently going to be added to his game, but there have been running backs in the past um, who have tried to add catching to their games, and you know, let's see, let's see what Nick Chubb can do. Do you know who Nick Chubb's platoon mate was in college? Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. Wow, that's to- a whole Todd lot of Gurley. not catching. And Todd Gurley. I mean, Todd oh, well, Gurley, yeah, yes, for, but the oh, God, early. Sony and him are just not. That is not catching the ball at all. <laughs> but, but like, like I said in last week's show, Sony Michelle, he caught the ball a lot in college. That's actually why Nick Chubb's receiving numbers probably went down because Sony Michelle came in around this. Um, came in around. Um, Chubb's sophomore season because Chubb had that, that um, knee injury, and then they and then they went to a dual split system, and the and the years that they went to a dual split system, they were they were in the playoffs. I would by look up way, Steve. Steve, way, Steve you're gonna this. look up for us right now. You're gonna look up uh, Sony Michelle's receiving um, college stats because I I, I would beg to uh, argue that Sonny Michelle probably caught more balls than he thought in college. But uh, right now, me and Mark are going to move on while Steve's looking that up. And we're going to talk about number 16 on our list, and that's Julio Jones. Now, his best year since 2015 had a bounce back eight touchdowns. Previous season was only three. We all know we were counting the weeks Julio Jones without a touchdown. Now, my worry, touchdowns aren't there. He has two seasons with only six, one with only three. Now, Matt Ryan had to play outside of his mind to get Julio wide receiver five, and I expect his slight regression there to maybe his 2016 numbers. Um, He saw 170 targets last season. That's not going to happen again. I could see maybe the 80-85 reception range, and that's built into our stats. So we have Julio Jones, 16. Mark, do you want to take it from there? Yeah, definitely. For me, uh, it's not lacking the talent of Julio Jones. I don't think anyone in this world uh, is going to doubt that. He's one of those freak athletes, one of those freak ability players that, honestly, for me, being down this low is more so the people that are ahead of him. Uh, 
which again is no slight him. I also think he is going to get a little bit of a bump down. Remember the Falcons in order to even survive last year needed to throw the ball. They were bombing the ball left and right, throwing ridiculous shootout games last year because their defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. 120 targets, so, of course. Yeah. Devonta Freeman is back. Yeah. And much like we talked about with yeah. Devonta Freeman earlier on, uh, I think that overall the offense should get better and more balanced. And that's only going to be an effect of the defense getting better. Another the year numbers with will be down Calvin Ridley. You got a lot of you got a lot of moving parts here. Steve, are you okay with him at sixteen? Julio Jones. Julio Julio Jones? Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with him there. Okay. You I, pulled up some stats I, for us and you have a smile on your face. Sonny Michelle receiving in college his numbers. Seven, twenty six, twenty two, and nine. Twenty six okay, like two a game. That's that's not great. Okay. We gotta move on. Number fifteen, Antonio Brown. Steve, this is yo boy. I'm gonna let you take it away. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and abs- uh, not say much about AB. Only that you know he I think you know he'll do well with Derek Carr because he's a hard worker. I've always I've always come to AB's defense, even when you know the stuff was going on. And I'm nothing but grateful for AB for what he did in Pittsburgh. He's always been a hard worker. Let's see how well he does with Derek Carr. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, now, Mark, is there anything you want to add? I started some stuff out. I'm going to talk for a couple minutes. Do you want to uh, take it away? Yeah, I just want to throw in that uh, Antonio Brown throughout the length of his career has been one of the best route runners in the game. And I and that's not the type of ability that just changes because you leave the team. Uh, I think he's only going to make Derek Carr better. Whether or not he could actually improve on his numbers, uh, I'm not sold on that point, which is why you're going to get probably the most savings that you'll ever see him at. Well, he's because at 15. He... I mean, he's been at three, four. Exactly. So he still he, he could still he still could go in the first round. There's always going to be that person that's going to be like, uh, you know, let me let me take the chance on AB. But he's definitely in the first two rounds. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, I was highest on AB with six overall, and that's because what Mark just said about um, he he's got the ability. He's going to make everyone around him better, but. I will explain to you again why he will retain value, and that's by looking at his stats with a good quarterback and a bad quarterback. Now, he played, I think, four games in his career without Big Ben. Do you know who, what quarterback that was with? Um, Michael Vick and Landry Jones. Michael Vick. Now, those numbers are atrocious, so I'm not even going to get into that because they, they weren't throwing the ball because it was Michael Vick at the end of his career, but... We can look at him with a good and bad quarterback if you look at Ben Roethlisberger's home and away splits because they're that different. There are two Ben Roethlisberger, away Ben Roethlisberger, home Ben Roethlisberger. And well, so two I, years ago. Last year, he, he evened out a little bit. But before that, it's not two years. It's like his entire career before last season. Um, so what I did, I statted him his best stats with and his worst stats without Ben Roethlisberger sleeping at home on that super comfortable pillow. Now, um, oh, before I get into this, I do want to say the quarterback rating difference, do you know how many points it is? Home and away? Uh, this is up to 2017. Up to, up to 2017? We're, we're excluding last season. Oh, man. Or 2014 uh, to 2017, he had nine fantasy points per game difference at home and away. And 20 quarterback rating points. Passer rating, 20 points down. So that's huge for fantasy and huge 
let's see how it affects Antonio Brown. At home, Antonio Brown with Ben Roethlisberger in those games. 6.4 receptions for 91 yards and .78 touchdowns. Almost .8 touchdowns a game at home. That adjusts to 102 catches for uh, 1456 yards and 12.5 touchdowns over 16 games. That would be 271.6 fantasy points, which would be wide receiver number four, which is exactly where he landed in 2018. That's best case scenario. Here's worst case scenario with bad Ben Roethlisberger. 6.5 receptions goes up 0.1 points. 82 yards going down 9 yards. 0.38 touchdowns. Down a half touchdown a game. Adjust to 104. 1,312 and 6 touchdowns or 219.2 fantasy points. Where does that land him? 219.2 fantasy points with bad Ben Roethlisberger lands him wide receiver 10 just ahead of Stefan Diggs. That's still safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can be 4 to 10. That is the realm of possibilities. I'd like to say Carr, his quarterback rating is actually 0. .2 points. Sorry, his passer rating, they call it now, is 0.2 points better than bad Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> so people who are super worried about him, like he's still going to put up numbers any w- better than number 10. So he's safe. That is built into the price at number 15. Antonio Brown, do you guys have anything else to add? I, I, I'm just going to say that he, that he is 31 years old. So I, I'm, I, would, I would not be surprised if... Over the next couple of years, you see more receptions coming out of the slot because, you know, we, we don't know how his age is going to affect his speed. Let's, let's not slot shame him there, Steve. Uh, excuse He's me. Antonio Brown. He can I, play wherever he wants. He can play wherever he wants. I wasn't saying it as a derogatory term. If he moves see, to I, the slot, who's on the outside, Mark? And I'm, I'm not if concerned If he moves to the slot, all. who's on the outside on this uh, Raiders team? Uh, that would be Tyrell Williams, yeah, which I'm, I'm stoked I'm, about. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Move him to the slot. Move him behind the quarterback. Just just throw him past what, out of the backfield. Antonio Brown. What I'm ball okay out. with, and the one note that I do want to touch on, you were concerned about his his uh, speed there. I'm not so concerned at all about his speed and him losing a step because he's that type it's of wide receiver running. that it's he's never been a burner. Speed's always been something that's been beneficial, but I mean. It's that route running. It's that separation yep. that he gets. Yeah, uh, that's more so what his game is. And much like Larry Fitzgerald, you just don't age doesn't really matter when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, is he he knows how to condition his body. He works hard, and he's like never injured. So let's let's just see what we get. Let's just see what we get. Absolutely. Let's see what we get with number 14 on our draft, and that's going to be Mike Evans today. Oh, Steve, him. I'm going to let we, – we wrote out let's, – let's go with Steve first. I know Mark loves Mike Evans so much he, he picked him up off waivers two years ago when our <laughs> league idiot dropped him. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, I, I, I bel- I've always been a Mike Evans believer. He is a, he is a consistent top 10 wide receiver with consistent top five upside. And, you know, who was, who was like the most consistent receiver between Jameis Winston and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick? It was Mike Evans. And, and who has always been that consistent, dominant number one receiver for Tampa all these years? Mike Evans. And now he gets Bruce Arians. And Bruce Arians loves to feature his dominant wide receiver. 
and he also Absolutely. has a knack, and he also has a knack for developing young receivers. He, oh wait, he, let's he, hear, uh, let's hear all the Steelers that he developed. Well, <laughs> he, he develops Anto- he develops Antonio Holmes. One, Antonio Holmes. Wallace. Two, Mike Wallace. AB, AB, and for and for a while, Michael Floyd. Before Michael Floyd had his issues, Michael because Floyd. there were to be, yeah, and and so. I'm actually very excited. Uh, along with Mike Evans, I'm very excited for Chris Godwin. Hey, I'm, I, I am good. I he is Chris Godwin is a big sleeper for me this year. We we you know we have this little joke about Geronimo Allison. If I don't get Geronimo Allison, I'm 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 investing all my chips in Chris Godwin. It's very nice because he could be my keeper at the twelfth round next season. Um, uh, we're gonna move on, and that's in. Oh, I gave I gave you my strategy. Well, I mean, I kind of really would have taken that anyway. But uh, um, Mike Evans is going twentieth overall now in drafts. We have him at fourteenth, guys. If you can get him after fourteen, you gotta take him now. He has wide receiver two finish in two seasons with twelve touchdowns. Listen to his receptions number, 68, 74, 96, 71, 86. Steve is right. He could be a top two, and he's the kind of high floor upside guy you want. And at 14, we are high on him. That is the third round. You can get this guy in the third round. The one thing he needs to bring up is his catch rate. Um, his career catch rate uh, stands at 55% because so many of them were contested. His contested catch rate is going to be around 61%. Last season, he brought his total catch rate up to 62.3, which was the highest of his career. If he keeps catching more passes, if Jameis Winston can stay on the field, he's going to be a top three guy. Mark, is there anything else you want to add? See, for me, Mike Williams is that type of sneaky good player. He's that type mm-hmm. of player that I don't think he's sneaky time... good. I think he's good. No, I, I, <laughs> like he's one of those players eyeballs... that, that at the tail end of your draft, though, when you're looking over, you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm okay. I'm happy that I picked Mike Evans, but he's not like that home run pick that you turn and look and say, "Oh, I disagree." Wow. Whoa, oh, whoa, hold I on. Disagree whoa, whoa. With that I'm talking. Exactly. I'm talking. Per- I'm talking perception wise. I think that he is an unbelievable player who will make the difference in your team. But when you're mm-hmm. taking a look at some of the players that go around him, it just it, he doesn't. He's not that sexy pick. I mean, he is to me. If I'm picking him up at 14th, if he's my third round pick, Mike Evans, I'm good. If I get two running backs and Mike Evans there's, is my wide receiver first off, one, there's no way he is go. your third round pick. Mike Evans, he's going Mike 20 Evans right now. Allen. Mike, Mike Evans or Keenan Allen? I personally, have, would, I personally would prefer Mike Evans. But I think I would too. I and Keenan I think we need Allen to adjust is... our ratings to show that. Um, they're definitely both different players. I think Mike Evans has more upside. Keenan Allen has a higher floor. But either way, we're talking about guys who go around him. We got to talk about number thirteen on our list: Juju Smith-Schuster. Steve, he, we'll, we're gonna let you go again. <laughs> Look at that grin. No, no, no. Mark I, is I, not on video chat, but knows you were grinning. <laughs> Mark still I, I got just... his picture up, but knew that Steve was grinning. <laughs> so not so I smiled ear to ear, giant grin, guarantee. Uh, it, yes. And you know the thing is, all I'll say is, I, 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 in, in some mock drafts that I've done, I've taken him as high as the first round, and I've been happy because he has so much upside. And you know the the thing is, is 
when AB when AB went down a couple of years ago and Juju was like that number one, he impressed. And you know, yeah, there was the questions about Martavis Bryant. And yeah, oh yeah, oh week seventeen last week. Oh, he only uh, last season he only had five catches in that game in that must win game. Well, you know, you want to know something? I think Juju is going to be a top five wide receiver this year. Well, it's lucky for us that we don't have to take him there. He's at 13 on my list. <laughs> That's in front of me. So um, <laughs> I do worry about Juju Smith-Schuster. And for me, it's because Antonio Brown will not be there anymore. Is he good enough to just take all the pressure and do it all himself? He's going to be like the alone guy. Is he going to be the, the Devontae Adams or is he going to be like the Brandon Cooks when Cooper Cup goes missing, where you're missing the complimentary piece and your own stats go down? That's why I am personally worried about Juju Smith-Schuster. He will not be my first-round pick. He's 13th on our list, and that's exactly where I believe he should be going. And when you asked him, I read interviews that he gave, and they're, they asked him, oh, are, you, are your stats better when AB's on the field because he takes coverage? He's like... Yeah, he takes all the coverage. It's easy. <laughs> like it, that's not going to happen in 2019 for obvious reasons. So I'm going to take his word. He's better when AB's on the field. Okay, Juju, I will believe what you say, and that's why you're ranked 13th on my list. Mark, do you have anything to add? Uh, I definitely think that there is that danger and that risk with AB not being there anymore. I think that he has the possibility. He has that upside to potentially be there, but for me... I just can't buy him uh, being that num- the number one wide receiver. I see him being top a-, a number one receiver, just not the number one. All right, now we're going to move on to another top receiver. That's number 12. So we're creeping now into the end of the first round, the 12th pick overall. For us, we have Odell Beckham Jr. Now, I'm going to say it, and I don't think there's going to be any argument. Eli stinks. Eli Manning is bad at football. Odell has still been very good with a very bad quarterback. Um, I expect actually a step, maybe a slight step forward this season. Um, He will definitely return on value. There's no reason to be worried about this player at all. Baker Mayfield is going to make it happen. There are more mouths to feed, but I feel like Jarvis Landry running around on the inside is going to leave Odell Beckham Jr. open with a smile on his face. Antonio Callaway is going to be on the other side. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here, people. OBJ will do it better. Baker Mayfield is better than Eli. This is, uh, I think, a safe pick. We, we, people want to talk about he's a nut job. He doesn't do his job right. His, his head's... It's always been that way. It's the same head, and, and he did it being nuts, being the diva, being in New York with a bad quarterback. He's going to do the same thing. Talk me off the ledge. Is there anything that I missed here? No, I fully agree. Because, you know, every every time, you know, the Giants were in a third and long, they tried to screen pass to Odell and try to have Odell's athleticism make the play. But now Odell gets to do what he does best, which is sprint out like a horse on the, at a race and catch the ball deep, you know, because Baker Mayfield has a cannon for an arm. Well, he has anything for an arm. It's not a wet noodle like Eli Manning. I think yeah, Eli's so- arm right now is actually like one of those uh, those uh, sour worms. Yeah, you know and I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying this right now. Odell, if everything works out, Odell's going to be the number one wide receiver this year. 
I guess that risk is why we have him at number 12. Now, we are very running back heavy at the top. Spoiler alert, our, our top 10 are next week. Um, so <laughs> top 12 on our list is still one of the top wide receivers. But we need is to it, go to another wide receiver who I well, would... Can, can I make one note on Odell Beckham really if quickly? If you have to. Yeah, I know. My biggest concern, which is the reason why he's behind a handful of these other wide receivers in my rankings, at least personally, is that genuine injury concern. You're talking about a player who still hasn't been able to put together a full 16-game season. And it still hasn't mattered, though. His, don't get me wrong. He still be wide receiver is, four missing He is games. electric there. But especially, what I will say is this year, now that he's kind of falling into that back-end one uh top of the second round sure i'm a whole hell of a lot more likely to draft him oh, yeah. now than i was wasting that middle of the first round draft pick on somebody that i'm not positive is going to give me 16 games i like safety in that initial pick and that's something that odell beckham certainly doesn't provide i mean if you can get in in the first round let's see that would be like oh man i don't want to do it again okay forget it forget what i was going to say forget what i was going to say you want to target? I mean, there's the possibility of uh, of Joe Mixon and Odell Beckham as your first two picks. Yeah, that's. I was that's thinking about reasonable. like what two picks I could put together. Um, mm. I'm not Le'Veon sure. Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon that. Bell, and Odell. Okay, we're not going to speculate because this this is just going down a bad path. <laughs> um, <laughs> number eleven is a guy who Mark I know you've been high on in the past. Michael Thomas, tell us why he deserved to be above OBJ and wide receiver 11 total? Because whereas Odell Beckham Jr. has been just the giant poster child of not being able to finish out a season, the poster child of that one-and-done big play, Michael Thomas is the exact opposite. He is Mr. Reliable. You're talking about somebody who catches almost every ball thrown to him. You're talking about somebody who's on the field, making plays, dinking and dunking, and doing anything that's asked for him. That's the type of wide receiver that I absolutely love, and the fact that he's good at it and still has that ability to break plays with one of the best uh, quarterbacks to have played the game. I personally love Michael Thomas still. Now, we're going to pump the brakes, and for two reasons. I'm going to talk about the Michael Thomas reason. Weeks 1 through 10, he had a 90.1 catch rate. That is unsustainable in the NFL. It was amazing. He had a great season that was playing outside of his mind. It will not be replicated. He had like six games with a 100% catch rate with more than five targets. That will not happen again. Weeks 11 through 16, 76.8% catch rate. and Which is still awesome. It's still very good. <laughs> but those numbers are not going to keep him that sustainable he, he he's not those aren't 70 yard passes right like like he's getting catching balls all over the field and the reason why 11 through 16 was lower first of all because the the 90 percent is unsustainably high and second of all because we saw a regression in quarterback play during that time and steve's going to talk about that right now drew Brees after thanksgiving his arm was a real concern because he could. He basically couldn't make passes over thirty yards, um, and any that he tried were were whether dropped or intercepted. So, and and that led actually led to a statistical drop for Michael Thomas over the last four games of the season. Yes. So that that is my biggest concern for me right now. I mean, ninety percent is unsustainable. Even seventy six percent. Well, 
<laughs> well, hold is, up, hold up, hold up, hold up, because I because I actually pulled up um you know Michael Thomas's stats and I looked at his catch percentages. Yes. His his catch percentages uh is his, in 2016 was 76 percent. Okay, so and then and then 70 percent, and then he had a big bump this season to 85 percent. So. And so he, he has... didn't get ten percent better last year. Spoiler alert: those numbers are a bit misleading. <laughs> bit misleading. His his, his his career his career cat percentage is seventy seven percent. So and that's a lot different than eighty five percent. That's that's ten percent. Okay, we will argue about this another time. We will have the time, I promise. But we've I think we've gone over time by quite a bit already. Now you can find us at iedsports.com. Go up there and subscribe. There's a right on the main page. Click here. You can go right to YouTube. Subscribe there. And if you scroll all the way to the bottom, we're on a, a WordPress website now, which means we can upload articles. Every video will be uploaded like an article. We have other article content that is not going to be on video. A lot of stuff you want to subscribe for. Enter your email on the bottom. You'll get a notification every time we post new content. Maybe two or three times a week. We're not spamming you. We're not selling your email address anywhere. Just sign up. We will get your uh, address. And you, you guys can keep up to date really, really easy. I signed up on my own email just so I could see how it worked. I uploaded a video really late last night, and it was so nice. It waited till this morning to notify me, guys. You got to get on that. Sign up. Uh, subscribe with your email, and we will catch you soon. Mark, is there anything you want to say to the people? No, just make sure to hit that, uh, that like and subscribe. Uh, keep an eye out. I will be posting up a particular way to be able to get into the listener league on our facebook group so make sure to keep an eye out for that uh i'm hoping that it'll be entertaining and fun uh so let's get ready keep an eye out for that on our facebook group steve and just remember if you want to if you want to be chosen by me to be in our listeners league please leave a comment and subscribe i think we just say at the beginning of the video next time guys have a great week